Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We continue to talk about division in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is where we started you know, a couple of days ago as Paul writes to them. And, and some of them were saying, I follow Paul. Others were saying, I follow Apollos. And others said, I follow Peter. And then we looked over at chapter 3 where he once again talks about this very issue and i like what he says there beginning at verse 5 when he says what after all is apollos and what is paul only servants through whom you came to believe as the lord has assigned each to his task i planted the seed apollos watered it but god made it grow so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only god who makes things grow and so how important it is for us to understand God's called me to a certain position. God's called me to a certain task. And then he would call you and he would call somebody else. And it says everybody works together in those things that his work is done. He makes things grow. So I, I was just speaking to somebody the other day. And... I had been speaking to them for a couple of weeks and finally got to the point where they said, you know, I really want to be saved. I just don't know how. So I talked to them about the believer's prayer and they prayed that prayer. And it would be easy to think, well, I'm the one that saved them. I was there when they got saved and it was my great words of wisdom that convinced them that they should get saved. And, and now they're saved because of something I did. It's God who made it. Somebody long time ago planted a seed and probably a whole lot of people along the way watered that seed. And I just happened to be there when the harvest came. But it was God who had done all of the work. I'm pretty sure somebody's been praying for her that she, you know, God, the scriptures say God desires that all men be saved and that we to always pray for one another. Who knows? Our great, great, great grandmother could have, Prayed for her that she come into the knowledge of the truth. And again, you just happen to be one of the, and that same text of scripture says we're all fellow workers or co-laborers with God. You're a fellow worker. Right. And it was, and it was God who made these things grow. Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything Paul writes there. He said, it's not about me. He says, it's not about Apollos. It's not about Peter. It's not about any of us. It's about Christ. It's God who makes it grow. 
I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and it was pretty interesting. And they were they were telling this metaphor and this story, and I thought it was pretty good, where God and this scientist are talking, and the scientist was like, you know, I can make a human being in a test tube. I can put these things together, and I can make a human being in a test tube, the same way you did. And God said, yeah, but you, can you make one out of dirt the way that I did? And he said, oh, I'm sure I can. And he grabs a handful of dirt, and God says, no, you have to provide your own dirt. <laughs> See, because everything that we use, God provided. There's absolutely nothing that we use in anything that we do that God didn't provide that thing. And so as we speak to somebody, as, as we plant a seed, as we water a seed, as we're there when the seed comes to harvest, it's God who's actually been doing all the work. It's God all along. And only God can make it grow. People can't make it grow. Only God can make it grow. And as we realize that, as we come to understand that, that the person who planted is not my enemy. They're a co-laborer. They're a co-worker. The person that, that watered the seed before I did is not an enemy. They're a co-worker. They're a co-laborer. And so as we realize that, then we don't have to try to outdo each other. We don't try to have to try to see who can have the biggest church or be a part of the biggest church or who can do the most. It's about God and God's work and what has God called me to do. Amen. And I just think about, you know, the town we live in, uh, I believe the population is 87,000. And, and again, Scripture says in Proverbs 4, 7, and all you're getting, get understanding. And, and I understand that God's desires that all men be saved. And I understand there's, there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. And I also understand that God so loves the world that he gave Jesus. So with all that understanding concerning, and I understand the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Back to what I said initially, there's 87,000 people in Chico. How many does God desire to be saved of that 87,000? He would desire that everyone be saved. And that's my desire too. I'm in line with him. That's how we're going to invest the kingdom. But I also heard that there's 80 congregations in Chico. Only 80? Yeah, I heard there was 80. I thought it was more like 150. No, I heard there was 80 congregations in Chico. So if God's desire is that all men be saved in your city, and I, I pray for the, the inhabitants of this city, the people of this city constantly, that they will have a God encounter, that God will reveal himself to, him, to them. And I know he uses people. So with that said, if there's 87,000 people, there's 80 churches, congregations that are here already. What's that? What's the uh, average? about a thousand. A little more than a thousand. A thousand per? Church. Yeah. So again, we can believe for a thousand people per congregation. I mean, per congregation. And then a whole city would be evangelized. And that's what we're believing. We're believing for a thousand or more. Again, because we want people to be saved and we want people to come into the knowledge of the truth. Well, see, the church has to have the same mindset as God. Our goal should be that all people get saved. Our desire should be that all people get saved. The, we just want we, them to come to our church. Right. We don't care if they get saved or not. Seriously. Just come on to our church. We need to get these numbers up. <laughs> right. Seriously. I mean, uh -huh. as we talk about divisions and those kind of things, the common goal of every church in this area should be that people get saved, not that their church grows, 
Not that somebody else's church grow or not grow. Their goal should be that people get saved and that we should be praying for each other. When you hear another church is having a vacation Bible school, be praying for that church in that vacation Bible right, school. That when you hear a church is going to have a big event, be praying for that event. Not, oh man, boy, if they're having vacation Bible school that week, then uh, maybe we should have one that week too. And so... <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. They don't get all the kids or whatever, you know, it's easy to start to think of it like that, that we got to guard our turf. We got to watch out. Boy, did you see that? They were in our neighborhood. And the goal should be for Christians is to see other people come to Christ, mm-hmm. not the protection of our turf, not to make sure that we get the credit or anything like that, but that we want to see God's kingdom grow. We talked, I don't know, it was yesterday or the day before, about how often the guns of one of God's divisions are pointed at another one of God's divisions rather than at the enemy. Because we start to see each other as the enemy rather than the devil as the enemy. And so, man, if that church gets 50 extra people that they didn't have before, well, then then that's 50 we could have had, so... You know, we got to hope that maybe some of those 50 will get mad and leave and start coming to our church. And again, again, I was at a wedding the other day at the particular church or congregation that I was a part of initially. And I kind of felt that way because most people, the first thing they ask you, how's the church going? <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I don't want to say, uh, how, are you praying? Are you praying for the church? Or And again, I know most people want to hear something bad. I mean, the Christians. how's the church going? They're not talking about the bride of Christ. Right, They're right, right. A particular congregation. Right, and that's what they're saying. How, they're saying, how's your church going? And I, I keep on saying, again, it's not my church. I pastor a congregation. My church isn't doing well at all yeah, yeah. because I don't have a church. Right, and that's what I want to say, and, and, and that's what they want to hear, some bad news. And it's interesting how Christians love to hear bad oh, we news. We love to hear bad news. And we're supposed to be people. out preaching the good news. And I always say, you know, my response is, the ministry is flourishing. Oh, man, God is just doing marvelous things, man. The word of the kingdom is being advanced, man. Souls are being saved. Hearts are being transformed. and Souls saved. Hearts are being transformed. I just speak something in line with that. So uh, that just messes you know them what? up. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. In God's church, that's happening right this mm-hmm. minute as we speak. Those That's are happening saved. around the world. Hearts are healed and lives are being transformed. All That's over what I the meant world, to say. Yeah. Even right this moment. It is. And that's what we're supposed to be declaring. And again, it shouldn't be, you know, we're hating on one another. Again, I came out of the world. That's what the world does. And the Bible says don't be conformed to the world. He's telling the church, the body of Christ, the saints, not to be conformed to the world. The world wants to compete with one another. He says, no, you, your job is to go make disciples. And advance the kingdom, however that be. Let one plant, let one water, and, and, and rely on God to give the increase. And when I think of increase, I think of what Paul prayed for the church, increase of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Let God increase people in the knowledge of the truth. And he does that also through our Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's going to give us the increase. And I was reminded of a story you said about the dirt. You know, God said, you know, all things are his. All wisdom belongs to God, too. And he don't really discover anything. Right, right. He <laughs> reveals it to you. 
Right. He, that's what is belongs to him. It's his. He has it. And he'll reveal it to you. He'll increase you in the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding in his time. And he does it also, you know, as we're meditating and spend time with him on his word. But he does that because it all belongs to him. It says in Colossians, all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge is hidden in God and Jesus Christ. So they have it. It says in Hebrews 1, 1, God's made Jesus heir of everything. So it all belongs to him. But I'm glad that he said as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. And he also declared that we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. So we have access to the things of God by faith. When I was younger, I didn't really believe this the way I do now. But as I get older, I really believe that God has put on this planet a plant that will heal everything. Oh, I believe every that too. Dis- every disease that we have. We just ain't discovered it yet. We have <laughs> Well, it, it's here. we find it, we won't have discovered it in, that, in the right. truest sense. God will have just revealed it to us right. that this is what it's able to do. But the older I get, the more I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has placed on this planet something for every. Well, he wouldn't have put you on this planet and and not giving you provisions. You know, God made earth perfect. Yes, we know it got perverted when Satan came and, and, and brought the curse. But then Christ has redeemed us from the curse, it says in Galatians 3.13. So now Jesus restored everything and God wants us to co-labor with Jesus to continue that restoration process. Remember, the whole earth is groaning for who? Uh, for us. It's <laughs> waiting us for to us. grow up. Yeah, it's waiting for us to do what. We messed up. And the right. whole earth is it's still waiting for us, for us to, to do what we're together. supposed to do. Over back in that scripture in Ephesians, it says, till we come into the unity of the faith, to the stature of the measure of Christ Jesus. Right. See, if the whole world's the world waiting on is, uh, the planet. It's waiting on us. All the plants, all the animals, everything is waiting for us to be conformed to but, the likeness but, of Christ. But see, but when we spend time in division and division and disunity and dishonor and dis all of this, that doesn't get us further to manifesting well, the kingdom. It gets us farther. It right. doesn't get us closer. Yeah, it gets us farther away. So that's you why know, that's devil, why I say don't be a part of that. The devil's got be the happiest when he can get church folk arguing. Yes, yes. I yes. mean <laughs> He doesn't he can just sit back and watch. He doesn't even have to do anything. He can just sit back and watch us all shoot each other. Now, and, and I break that down when you, you talk about division in the church. Well, the church is made up of the body of Christ, which is made up of the saints, the members, people. And again, it, in the kingdom, it's all about a relationship. That's why we say Abba Father. We call each other, refer to brother and sisters. Because it's all about, so if, if Satan can divide those relationships, remember, divide and conquer. If he can, because his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can kill, steal, and destroy those godly relationships of what God put together, then he, you're right. He's sitting back there laughing. I don't have to do anything. Look, I got these guys. And Jesus warned us. He said, beware of false prophets, of, of, of wolves in sheep's clothing. They're going to come in and, and, and disband the flock. That's happening. But we don't want to see that. Again, Paul prayed that your spiritual eyes will be open, that you may see. And, and God desires us to see what he see. There's a song that somebody wrote, give me the eyes to see what you see. That's what we need to be praying for, spiritual wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. The opening of our, the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we will know what the hope of his calling is. 
and, and what we inherited was the exceeding greatness of his power that he has towards us who believe. God says, I, I want to reveal that to you. I want to show you something, but I can't show it to you or reveal it to you if you're staying in this. That's why he tells us in Hebrews, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares and run with endurance the race that was set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is still the pattern son. He's still our example. Well, He's see, our, we, have, we have to show people his love and his mercy and his grace. If uh, we're showing them uh, disunity and enmity, and then we speak to them about him, they're like, what do I need any of that for? Why would I want to become a part of that? That happens in, at a local church congregation. Mm -hmm. If the people are fussing and feuding, the people aren't very nice to each other. The people aren't very happy with each other. When somebody comes new comes into the church, they can sense that. And it's like, what do I want to have anything to do with that for? Why would I want to become a part of that? But in the church broader in general, the body of Christ, if they see that body fighting all the time, why do I want to be a part of that? Right. That ain't, that's not letting your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your God. I was just speaking yesterday in our service about you know, just the things of the kingdom and what God desires. And I was speaking to the women. The scripture says the older women in the church are supposed to help show the younger women how to be women. When I say women, godly women, which he's believing that they've been trained to be godly women, not religious size, <laughs> but kingdom size, <laughs> kingdom size, but be kingdom minded. And again, I just get on the the women in our congregation about that because you're supposed to be examples. But if they see you doing all of this and cussing and fussing and, and dishonoring. Backbiting. Right, backbiting. Gossiping. Uh, yeah. They, arguing. Yeah, that's not what you want to demonstrate to the younger women. So be that example. Remember, the whole earth is still waiting yeah, on it's us. It's just women. It's men, too. Oh, yeah, it's men, too. That's why we do this Friday's nights. We do what's called for, just for men. Yeah, just for men. We call it. You'll color your hair. Yeah, no, no, we're gonna color you. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna transform you by the renewing of your mind. Hey, we're gonna color your mind with the kingdom vision. But it's called just for men, and uh, we call it from boys to men. Remember what Paul said? When I was a child, I, I I did things and I thought as a child, but when I became mature, I I set aside childish things. Well, having that disunity and and all that division, kid, that's for kids. That's not for full adult people that look like Jesus because <laughs> Christ Paul said it is Christ divided the answer is no so why are you guys divided why are you guys doing all this beefing and all this and then you know, I hear at Cleo's house y'all got it going on y'all guys doing all this and he said that's not how it's supposed to be so again we want to wake up body of Christ and we want to be pleasing to the father and that's going to take some effort on our on our part, we're going to have to press into the kingdom. You're going to have to allow the word of God to correct you. I know everybody want to be right. And when you write, you write. And can't nobody tell you you're not right. But you got to submit to the word of God and let it be the final authority in your life. If he said no division, okay, we're one. Just like my body, we're one. I got to see I can't be, oh, they're that color. Again, at the wedding the other day, we were talking about that. You know, color. You can't have... No type of division in the body of Christ. Because Paul said over in Acts, out of one blood, God created all people. 
Yeah, back to blood. Did you create any blood? God created all of it. And once we have that mindset, you know, I think the church will be glorified once we start thinking like Christ. And God's going to get his will. That's why he told us when we pray or speak, speak in line with God's kingdom coming, with his will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. And he's going to get his way because he's going to, there's going to be a remnant that's going to say, you know what, God, we want you and only you and we're going to humble ourselves and we're going to turn from our wicked ways and seek your face or your ways. We're going to do it your way. There's a remnant out there. Remember what Abraham said? If there's three righteous, <laughs> would you save it? Well, if he, he could have broken down and say, well, Lord, if there's one, because God was working with him and he gave up. I believe if he would say, well, if there's a half of a righteous one, <laughs> would you save the city? And I think he would. Well, you know, you talk about divisions, and we can, they, they're dividing over who they thought was better. And, and people divide, oh, that church is better because they do this this way, and that church is better. You and I both know there are pastors here in Chico that would not take communion with you or I because we haven't been confirmed by their denomination. Right, right. And, and that's, not, that's not scriptural. Right. I mean, God has one family. Right. It wasn't a person that put people into that family. He put people into that And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, not in remembrance of your denomination. And and, and if the first thing that comes to mind when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, one of the first things is he so loved the world. He, He died on the cross for everybody. So everybody can partake. Everybody can receive Jesus. It didn't say, oh, this is our denomination. We, we got our own communion thing going. No, he said, do this in remembrance of me. He came that we have, may have life and have it more abundantly. The benefits of the death, burial, and resurrection. That's what he said. Do that in remembrance of me. Me taking all your sins away. Me able to save not only just you, but your whole household. Generational. You can have generational blessings. Do that. Eat and drink in remembrance of what I did. Not what... You're pastoring them. Yeah. Right, or somebody else did. Right. Or your denomination said. No, no, no. So we got people in the body of Christ. Remember, you got wolves in sheep's clothes, or people just, just don't know. And again, what you believe is what you believe until the light of the glorious gospel shall shine on you. See, and you can have division on all kinds of things. You can have division like they were dividing over which preacher they liked better. Other people divide over which denomination they like better. But people divide over color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people divide over race. People divide over ethnicity. People divide over, and this happens lots, young and old. People divide over socioeconomic lines. There are rich churches and there's poor churches. Well, we know even in Paul and them day, we know one of the things they was dividing over was foods. Yeah, what? Yeah, what you could eat. <laughs> well, it was foods. We know we don't have that issue now in America. Well, we probably do in smaller sets, but they would, they, the Jewish people didn't eat certain things, and they would tell the Gentiles, okay, now you guys are received Jesus, you can't eat this you no know, more. Well, we And maybe not so much food, and although there are some denominations I think that do, smoking. Oh, yeah. Because there's denominations, if you smoke, you're going straight to hell. You're, gonna, you're not passing. Now, should people smoke? I would say no, because there's a million good reasons why and, and i just tell people that smoke that are saved christians i say well that's just going to get you to heaven quick <laughs> but i mean it is there's a million reasons not to but the fact that if somebody does there mean you're not saved. That think, well they can't be saved because if they were saved they wouldn't smoke there's an old saying 
you know, I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't go with the girls that do, mm -hmm. you know. And some people think that if you grew you, up on that, if you don't <laughs> do those things, then you're going to be closer to God and that anybody who might do any of those things can't be close to God. Mm. And, you know, people divide over all those same sorts of issues. God says, be holy as I am holy. And so then people think, OK, what does that mean? How how am I going to define that? Well, one of the ways we can define that is you can't smoke. One of the ways we're going to define that is you can't drink. One of the ways that we're going to define that is you can't go to movies. One of the ways we'll define that is you can't dance. Um, there's all kinds of things that the church used to say that you couldn't do. If and that you just show you how, to to be how blind, because again, this church I went to, one of the <laughs> biggest ones in Chico, they would give weddings. They still give weddings. I was just one at the other day. They would give weddings at their facility, at the building. But you couldn't, at the reception, they would give a reception, but you couldn't dance in the building because that was not allowed. Well, oh. I know a couple churches in Chico that they won't do a funeral for anybody that wasn't at a member of their church. Really? Oh. So if you're a member of their church and your cousin Bob dies and cousin Bob wasn't a member of their church, you can't have the funeral at cousin Bob's church. Because now, see, we started putting a lot of reverence on the building. And not on this body. That's the body. Well, we of can Christ. only have believers dead in that building. Right, right. <laughs> we and believers See, that we confirm. We want to worship the building more. That's why we refer to that building as the church and not ourselves. See, so once you start referring to yourself as the church, that means you got a greater revelation of the truth because you understand that you are the church. That's just where we meet on Sundays or midweek, whatever. That's a building made with human hands. God's Holy Spirit lives inside of us which makes me the church, the body of Christ. Well, what does he go on here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? He says in verse 8, the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. building. Yeah, you are God's you building. You are God's building. See, a lot of people need to meditate on that and get the revelation we out of it. We are the church. Yeah, we are the building, not that building. That's why I see with being a young preacher like myself, myself with young revelation, and I study this all the time, I, when I see a church building, I don't look at that as the church. I look at me as the church because I knew what he said in his word. He says, Vince, you are God's building. Right, you're the, see, we, we get hung up on yeah. the building is, is the so church. So now I can't bury your, your cousin there because he wasn't saved. Right, and, the, and or God's at the church. You know, right. today's not Sunday, so God's at the church waiting for all of us to come back. Right, 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 not knowing that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And uh, we just want to thank you and remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.